Hey guys, it's Dawn and I wanted to let you know about a new space I'm creating called What's the Truth Community. If you experience trauma in childhood, the truth can be really elusive. In toxic families, the truth of what goes on behind closed doors is hidden. And I speak to people every day who are only just now beginning to discover the truth of who they really are years later because we were given so many false beliefs about ourselves. Nobody loves you. You should be ashamed. You'll never amount to anything. All the lies are manipulation within toxic family homes. But each belief that gets filed away in your subconscious mind is so powerful. Each belief changes every choice you make, and that can change the entire direction of your life. If you are ready to create a beautiful life for yourself, come and join me in the What's the Truth community. By sharing truth, we are learning to step out of the fog and see what is the truth of your life so far. Because once you can see it, you can fix it. We are going to be talking about truth so that you can finally live in peace, freedom and authenticity. In the What's the Truth membership, you will have access to subscriber-only episodes, all ad-free and all for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. This is the most important community you will become a part of this year. If you listen via the Apple Podcasts app, you can sign up right there in the app. And if you listen on any other platform, you can sign up via Supercast. It's super easy and the links are in the show notes. This is your safe space. I'm so excited for you to join me. I can still see it in my head. Her driving down the road or in the bathroom, crushing up a pill with a credit card. Falling out on the floor because she couldn't keep her eyes open, couldn't keep her balance. I saw a lot of verbal and a few physical fights because as an addict, you're not yourself. And my mom was a very angry addict. So I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot more than most people should ever have to. Like to the point I would I would be like 12, 13, 14 years old talking to my dad about something. And I would like say the name of a drug. And even my dad would be like, what is that? Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. 
Hello, my beautiful friends. I hope you're so well. What happens to kids who grow up with a drug-addicted parent? My guest this week is Regan, who is a listener of this podcast, and she wanted to share her story in the hopes that it might help somebody else. And I just love that listeners of this podcast are coming forward to give back in this way. It just shows how incredible you are. And Regan has struggled so much in her relationship with her mum over the years. Her mum was an addict from when Regan was young. And so Regan took on so much responsibility for her little sisters and for her mum. Her mum wasn't coping and she was an angry addict and an irresponsible mother when she was using drugs. So, so much goes on inside the home of an addict. And if you are going through this kind of trauma within a family, Regan wants you to know that you are not alone and that there are things you can do to heal and to start living your life in the way that you want to live it. Because you are not your parents' addiction. You are not your parents' shame and you have the choice and the chance to do things different. Please join me now for Regan's story. Regan, welcome to the How My Parents Raised Me podcast. You were kind enough to reach out and share with me that hearing the stories on this podcast had been important to you in teaching you how to heal your trauma and you wanted to give back by sharing your own story and I'm so grateful for that. And for anyone listening who is growing and learning and you would like to share your story, please reach out to me. This is a community of healers and honestly, every story I hear teaches me at least one new thing I'd never heard before because healing, growing and thriving never ends. Regan, you grew up as the eldest child in your family. Your mother was a drug addict. When did you first become aware that your mother was using drugs? When I was about 12 years old was when it had gotten really rough. Things had really started to go downhill and she had gotten arrested one night and lost custody of me and my sisters. And that's when I really realized how rough it was. Yeah. And so had you been aware that there was something going on before that point? I could definitely see a change of character. Definitely knew that something was going on, but as a 12-year-old kid, I didn't really didn't really know for sure. Yeah. And so your mum was obviously hiding her drug habit from you as you were getting older. Were there telltale signs that you could see or was she quite open about it? What was it like living with her? Certain points I would literally walk into the bathroom and see her just doing it. She didn't realize that, though, I don't believe, because she would be driving down the road and be doing this and she would be like, oh, count the cows in that field. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she was trying to distract you. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking back now as as an older person, can you see what might have led your mum to using drugs? I mean, is there stuff that happened to her as a child or growing up? As a child for her, I do know that it was rough. I know she was in a few rocky relationships growing up just as a woman. So I definitely think that she had some trauma and she had some things that she also endured could have been a part of it as well. Yes. Mm. So what what age do you think she started using drugs? 
my mom had me at 18 and I was 12 when I started to really realize it. So late, mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. So what are the earliest memories you have of spending time with your mom? Were there good memories as a little girl? The earliest that I can remember as a little girl, I remember my favorite memory with her. I loved Kane Brown when I was younger and me and my mom went to his concert for Christmas. And that is like my favorite memory I have with her. Oh, it's so beautiful to have that memory. Yeah. The pictures and the video, I hold on to them. Yes. And so did you feel love from your mother or what was she like as a mom? Yes, because I think that being the oldest, I matured very quickly and Deep down, I know that she did, but there were still parts of me that felt like even though she loved me, she didn't like me, if that makes sense. Okay. So what would happen that you would think she doesn't like me? Very degrading when she was using, would call me stupid on a daily basis, would tell me that I was not thinking correctly, that I didn't have a right to feel a certain way, she didn't want to do anything with me, that kind of thing. Yeah. So... You knew that she loved you, but as somebody that's on drugs, she's not being herself, I guess. Right. Yeah. And what about your dad? What was your relationship like with him? My dad is my best friend. He had gotten custody of me when I was 12. Previously to that, I was with my dad almost every weekend. My best friend, though, he's very, he's always there. He did it by himself, too. He was he was still a young single dad learning how to braid hair because he didn't have anybody else to really do it for him. Yeah. He sounds like a beautiful dad. So you're one of how many sisters? My dad has three children and then my mom has three children. So I'm the oldest of six siblings total, but I have three little sisters. Oh, wow. How amazing. Yeah. And so you had that sort of safe person I suppose in your life where your mum must have felt pretty unsafe as the child of an addict you would have been exposed to many things that you probably shouldn't have what types of things did you see with your mum one being I can still see it in my head her driving down the road or in the bathroom crushing up a pill with a credit card Falling out on the floor because she couldn't keep her eyes open, couldn't keep her balance. I saw a lot of verbal and a few physical fights because as an addict, you're not yourself. And my mom was a very angry addict. So I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot more than most people should ever have to. Like to the point I would I would be like 12, 13, 14 years old talking to my dad about something. And I would like say the name of a drug. And even my dad would be like, what is that? And my dad's 36 years old. <laughs> yeah. So you just knew way too much to yeah. too young. Like in the course of a day, was your mum like that for most of the time or were there times when you would be able to connect with her as who she was underneath the drugs? It depended. I could tell when she was trying to hide it, I could definitely get along with her more holidays around everyone else around her friends family she definitely put on a great show and we bonded just fine but at home when it was just us it was it was just me and my sisters really yeah were family and friends aware 
that your mum was an addict or was she good at keeping it a secret? For a while, she was good at keeping it a secret. And then when I really started to notice when my dad had some assumptions, he would say thanks to my grandma and my aunt. And they were they were in denial. They were how I wish I could have been at times. And then when everything went down, they really, they seen it and they knew. But like I said, deep down, they knew they just didn't want to believe it. So you as a as a little kid were trying to tell them, hey, this is what's happening and nobody was really listening. That's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I guess as the eldest child, because I know myself, I was the eldest child, you do feel more responsibility, I think, for everything 100%. that goes on and you've got younger siblings. So what did that feel like? Was it this feeling you needed to save your mum? More so my siblings than my mom, if I'm being honest. would still tell you to this day, my biggest fear is my sisters that currently live with her experiencing what I did. When when my mom was high and she was dozing off and she was asleep and she was falling out on the floor, I was cooking dinner and making sure my sisters were taking their bath, had their homework. So for me, it was more so give them the childhood that I can't have. Yeah. So how did you go about that? I just tried my best I did what my mom should have done and I would let's go sit on the floor and play a board game let's do this and let's do that and just distract them the best way that I could yeah so you're really missing out on just having a normal carefree sociable sort of childhood how much did it impact your childhood do you think were you able to be sociable like was your mom involved with anything I was able to be sociable I will say I definitely had a fair balance. I had a childhood best friend who would come over all the time. My mom knew her family, which, of course, they did not realize. So she she was over a lot. And I don't think that she ever realized up until she was older and everything happened. And then she was like, oh. And then I was really close with my cousins. And we would always have, like, little pool parties at my grandma's house. So outside of everything, I did have a pretty balanced and fair and good childhood I just had a lot to carry on with it that I hid underneath that I didn't let anybody else really know about. Mm. And that's a lot of pressure, isn't it, to be holding on to that sort of secret really the whole time. Right. What What do you think was the effect of everything that happened on your mental health? How were you coping? As a child, it 100% affected me. More so when she had gone to jail and everything was really falling down. I had moved in with my dad, which wasn't a problem to me. Like I said, me and my dad were super close. But when everything had really started to happen, I was a 12-year-old little girl who really was was barely grown, was barely in puberty, and I just really needed my mom, and I didn't have that. And for me, that was the hardest part. When I was learning how to put on makeup, I was watching YouTube videos instead of, hey, mom, how do I do this? So it was rough not knowing where she was at times, not being able to speak to her. I think we had gone two years where we didn't speak at one point because of her treatment that she was in. And then now we are currently trying to work on our relationship. We've been doing dinner on Friday nights, but I definitely see it now in a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I still have a hard time accepting that my mom is still going to have those tendencies it's not always going to be perfect. I can't just make the past go away. 
But I have learned that when I notice the traits that I picked up from my childhood and took with me, I'm learning how to work on it. I'm learning how to deal with it. And really just learning how to live my life the way that I deserve, despite what happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of coping mechanisms do you think you developed to manage what was going on? 100% getting out of the house and doing something, whether that was going to the grocery store with my cousin or getting in my car and driving and just listening to music. I've learned that when I get out and I do something, it's so much more beneficial to me than just sitting in my room and just thinking about it yeah so you'd probably try to escape as much as you could right and you mentioned that your mum had various treatments so she was obviously seeking help for the addiction so what was she doing going off to rehab for extended periods of time so my mom never she went to jail like when she was driving under the influence and they would arrest her and then she would have her court day and she would go like she'd be sent to a rehab so she did one for I think six months was great at this time in my life I was going to her house every other weekend her and my dad were co-parenting very well the whole thing was great and then she went downhill again and this time she was in rehab for I think a year and a half to two years and I did not speak to her She did not have her phone. I got one letter from her that whole time, and that was all I had. And I still remember, actually, the day that she they had given her her phone back and she called me. And I was, like, in shock. Like, no way. It was crazy to me. Like, I had gone almost two years without even hearing from my mom. Literally just knew what facility she was in. And it was like nobody told me that she was having her, like, she was getting her phone back or anything like that. And she just called me and I was like, hello, because it was not her number. She had gotten a new number. And I was like, hello. And she was like, this is your mom. And I was like, what? Yeah, that must be so weird. That must be so weird. It was definitely like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really interested, though, that somebody goes to rehab for that long and they have children and they're not in communication with their kids. Like, that's so weird to me every Sunday and she would call my grandma because my grandma had custody of my other two sisters so she called them every Sunday but I never really got a call how did you feel about that it was rough we actually had a talk the other day about how I still sometimes feel like the outside child like I'm just not really as important so it was rough it definitely put a dent in a few places but it was fine I had my dad Did she have any reason? Could she tell you why? She didn't. She just told me, you're not my outside child, and that was it. Mm. Well, it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. It's really hard. So you talk about your mum going to to jail. There was a car crash, wasn't there, at some point? Was that a result of that car crash? Or was this a a different time? Yes. So... We were leaving my grandma's house, and my mom was high. She was holding onto the walls just to stand straight, and my grandma was like, y'all don't need to go anywhere. And I think this night is when my grandma really realized, like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? My mom refused. She put me and my sisters in the car, and we we were currently living with my great-grandparents because my mom spent her money on pills and did not pay the rent. So we were driving to my great-grandparents' house, 
And the distance between my grandma and my great-grandparents' house was like 10 minutes. In between that mile radius, there is a fire station. And my mom ran off the road and she hit the pole. That was right by the fire station. So the chief of that fire department actually followed us to my grandma's house and called the police. So my mom will tell you to this day she did not crash, but she did. (laughs) Wow. I'm really interested that your grandma allowed your mom to get in the car in that state. Like It's still sometimes I think about it. And my mom's, one of my mom's best friend, he's like an uncle to me. He, through everything, was always there for us. When she was in treatment, he kept in touch with me every day. He still reaches out to me. And he was on the phone with my mom right before she crashed. And he could tell, and he was like, I need to come meet you all. And my mom was like, no, no, you don't. Do not, do not. And so he didn't. And he tells me all the time, he still feels so horrible for not coming for us. Yeah. It's so hard, isn't it, when you look back and and there's a lot of people there that have really let you down. Like yeah. your grandmother, she should have spoken up really loudly and clearly and said to your mum, well, you get in the car if you want to, but, but you're not taking these That's girls. Right. But even but even your mum being on the road in that state, she could have killed another family in the, in the car or whatever. So there's a lot going on there, isn't there? And so your mum went off to jail to rehab? Or to jail after that? Yeah, she went to jail for like a week, I want to say. Stayed there until her court date. And then after her court date, they took her to my grandma's house, let her pack her things, a few things, and then took her straight to a rehab. And that's when you went to move with your dad? Yes. My dad actually picked me up from my great-grandma's house the very next morning at like 7 a.m. sharp. So was he always keen to have you girls living with him? I think when my dad started to realize that something was a little off, I remember he would be like, it's okay. Like, if you want to come stay with me, nobody's going to be mad at you. And of Mm. course, that's the way he had to describe it to me because I was 12 years old and I didn't, I didn't understand. But yes, my dad has always been very open to me staying with Mm. him. Your mom was wanting you to stay with her. She Mm. didn't, she didn't really want you off with your dad. Right. Yeah. So how different was it when you got to live with your dad for that period of time? So me and my dad's mom are very close. I'm very close with my dad's sister. So when it came to certain things about being a woman, I had them to turn to. But my dad does not always understand things about being a woman. So that part was sometimes funny. I definitely went from pretty princess in a high heels to working on a motorcycle in a garage so I got the best of both worlds oh that sounds so nice and having those those beautiful women in your life how important has that been over the last period of time it's been amazing my dad is now married to an amazing woman I love her with my whole heart Mm -hmm. and me and her are really close as well so it's definitely been kind of like that figure I never got to have but have now yeah so from what age did you have your stepmother uh, they got married almost two years ago and they were together for about a year so I've had her for about three years and how amazing is it to have her in your life as well that's pretty special isn't it yeah so you describe at some point that your mother's family 
disowned you. Can you tell us about that time? So my mom's dad and my mom's sister have never been that way towards me. They've always been welcoming, checks on me every now and then. My mom and my grandma, and I love my grandma to death. And when I say this, I do not mean anything by it, but 100% takes my mom's side. And I really do think that I'm resented a little bit for not coming around as much and choosing to be with my dad now that I'm older. When it comes to holidays, I don't know when or where until the day of, unless I ask multiple birthday parties for my cousins, not invited to it, that kind of thing. I've been degraded a little bit with words. I specifically remember one time I'd had my little sister with me and I took her home and I was in a rush to get to work the next, that like after I dropped her off. And so I didn't go inside and say, Hey, whatever. I was in a rush and my grandma texts me and she's like, I guess you forgot who raised you, but whatever. And when I seen that text, I cried and I thought to myself, you didn't raise me. Like, like, what are you talking about? So, and she suffers with bipolar disorder. So there's definitely been, your mom was wrong. I'm so sorry this happened to you. And it's been, why do you never come around? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Yeah, that must be really hard. What does it feel like to just feel like you're not a part of that family? It definitely sucks, 100%. I have coped because I know that, for one, I have my dad's side of the family. I have people who love me and who are 100% there for me. My dad and his best friends, he's got his friends who are always at the house and they're like uncles to me. And I have learned that family is not always your blood. Like my dad's best friends who have known me since I was 13 years old are my uncles. So I just, I just looked at the people who do care and who do take me in like I am family. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because you've got, you've got a mother who really, she did, did a lot of things to, stuff up your life and then she's got a mum and and they're over here throwing stones like oh you're this and that how about as a grandmother wouldn't you just want to invite you in and talk have a conversation this is what's happened in the past how can we move forward it's such an old-fashioned way we're just going to kind of cut you off and we're going to make you feel bad whereas none of this is your fault I mean you were it sounds like you were this daughter who who tried to do everything you possibly could. There seems to be a lot of misunderstanding there, doesn't there? Yeah, like I was literally a child. <laughs> yeah, and I think they forget that. I think people forget that a lot, that as a child you're just trying to survive. You're, you don't have the capacity to do anything about anything. You're just trying to get through and... Right. And the fact that your mum went away for all of that time and, and you didn't hear from her, these things are terribly hurtful, aren't they? Right. And it's kind of one of those things too. Like I was telling you, me and my mom had had a long conversation a few weeks back. She had actually, so my boyfriend is in the army and he was gone for a while. And I had my people that I leaned on for that. I had the emotional support because normally he was my person and I didn't always get to go to him. So my sister's dad, so my mom's ex-husband, I'm really close with his wife. She is one of my closest friends. 
And so I would go to her and I would talk to her about a lot of things. And I would talk to her about my mom because she gets it. She's dealt with it herself. She's seen every side of it. And so I had sent her a message before he came home, like, thanks for being there, whatever. And my mom had seen it. And so my mom, but she didn't show my mom, but she had posted it on like her little, her private Snapchat story and was like, I love her. Didn't realize that my mom could see it. So my mom's seen it, and so she texts me, and she was like, I don't know what I've done to hurt you since I've changed, but I'm sorry. And I tried to explain it to her, and I was like, I don't think you realize that even though it happened a few years ago, it still affects me today. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you think your mom has, like you said there that she said since I've changed, so is she now clean of drugs? As far as I know, yes. Hmm. Yeah. There are people who have told me otherwise that they're not completely sure. So I'm not going to say 100% everything's great. But what do you think was the lowest point for you in all of that? I would definitely say when I was in high school, it was rough. And I think it was just because girls and boys and drama and life changes. There was times where I wondered if my mom would even be at my high school graduation. And that was really rough on me. And then for her to go through it again when I was in high school, that just did it. (laughs) Yeah. So was that the feeling then all the time was, is mom going to survive? Yes. 100%. There were times I didn't know if she was alive or where she was or what she was doing. Yeah. And you have to kind of almost, you do have to kind of detach a bit then from, from her emotionally, don't you? Because because if you're very deeply kind of connected but you're also almost going to lose her every few weeks or something, it's it's an impossible situation for you to be in. And that's how it would go. And that's how it still goes sometimes. I mean, we'll go two weeks and we'll be fine and we'll talk every day. Hey, have a good day at work. And then we'll go a month without speaking to each other. So it's very my mom has never really been a consistent in my life. Yeah. And how hard do you feel that is on you, not having your mom? Because you do have so many people. It sounds like, and, and I can see, when people don't have their mom, you can you can sort of see how hard it's been. But I can see that you've got this whole side of you that is quite solid because you do have a lot of connections and a lot of people that you can turn to. I definitely have a support system and I definitely have those people who have helped me. I look at it as what happened to me is not who I am. It does not make me her or will it ever make me her. So I definitely look at it like that. But it was definitely rough because at the end of the day, a girl who is still learning how to be an adult and survive in this world just needs her mom. Yeah, absolutely. How does it feel as the child of an addict because it's almost like you feel like they won't give up the drugs to be a good mother did you have an understanding of that how did you feel about that I did not still to this day I do not really understand because I know that when you take that drug you take that pill it alters your brain and it changes you completely But especially for her to have done it and then go back and do it again, 
even though I have the sympathy and I love her and I am very passionate about drug addiction and people who go through it because I, I, I've seen it and I get it. But at the same time, it's one of those things. It's like if you know that a stove is hot and you put your hand there and then you take it off and you're like, oh, that burned. And then you do it again. Like, why, why won't you just stop? You know what I mean, like, like what this is going to do. So why do you keep doing it? Yeah. It's very hard, isn't it, to understand what goes on in the the brain of a a drug addicted person. And I guess when you're just desperate to have a mum and just have a normal relationship, it's very hard to understand why that person can't make some changes. And so you're talking about your mum now and and having conversations do you feel like you're getting anywhere with that or is it really just sort of quite surface level so to an extent I used to be very anxious just being around her and I've noticed the more we go out for dinner on Fridays and we we try to fix things I'm not as anxious I still have a lot of things I will not tell her and it will be just simple life things and I just can't tell her I just don't feel like I trust her enough. It's definitely one of those things where I'm definitely having a hard time accepting that it's not how it used to be and that I can let those walls down. I do that with a lot of people. Actually, I really build the walls and do not let them down for a really long time. Yeah. Well, your sense of safety, like so many people in abusive or toxic families, your your feelings of safety have been taken away right so you you have to do what you need to do in order to feel safe and if that's putting up a lot of walls then that's what you need to do right and and it sounds like your mum's still not really stable enough that you would feel like if she had done this amazing kind of backflip and she was now really dedicated to becoming drug free and a better mother, then then you would have that that kind of feeling of safety and trust, right? And you know in your gut, don't you, that you're not in that kind of safe zone, I guess. And it's like uh, I've told my dad before, my mom is a good person. My mom carries narcissistic traits, 100%. She? she seriously would give the shirt off of her back to somebody if she knew that they really needed it, would feed a homeless man if she knew he was really homeless and she had the money. But if you don't believe what she believes or you don't do what she wants to do, everything you've ever done in your life is wrong. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? And there's no room for understanding there. The whole basis of a beautiful connection with somebody is give and take and understanding. And if you're if you're black and white and you don't you can't see anybody else's point of view, it's very hard to establish that sort of connection. So what do you think have been the most important things for you in the last a couple of years, like starting to heal in your life? Like I said, I'm very close with my dad. My dad is my best friend. I could tell him everything. And I also am like that with my boyfriend. I've known him since seventh grade. He chased after me for all the years and I was like, no, that's weird. And then I finally <laughs> gave in that whole little silly little high school love story. So over time, he has grown to understand and know. And at points in his life, he has watched my mom in action of how she can act. He experienced it with his dad at one point, which he's great. He's completely flipped around 
doing great for himself. So he really gets it. So he is my person. He is 100% when the world is crashing down on me, he's lifting it up and carrying me through it. So he's like the therapist for me, kind of my safe space consistency for sure. But outside of him, I just find things that I enjoy doing. I like working out, going to the gym. I love doing that. Driving is like therapy to me. Sometimes I just get my car and I drive and it, it works for me. You know, I think everybody has their ways to cope and their ways to heal. And that's just mine. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. Just getting out and driving. I haven't heard anybody say that so far. It's kind of like just clearing your brain, isn't it? Something else yeah. to focus on. And so for anybody struggling with or after parental addiction, what words of advice would you offer to anybody listening? It is not your fault. You will wake up and you will think, what could I have done? Why didn't I say anything? And it wasn't your responsibility. It's not your responsibility now. They are not going to change until they want to change. Their children cannot make them change. Their spouses cannot make them change. Their own parents can't. They have to want it themselves. And the best thing that you can do is find your people who understand you and who care for you and love from a distance. Don't enable. Don't let them guilt you. Just love them. If if you believe in anything, pray for them. And just watch from a distance. Mm, I love that advice. It's like you've still got love, but you're not going to let them come in and kind of mess it all up for you, right? That's it's beautiful don't, advice. Don't be afraid to burn a bridge. Yeah, we shared at the beginning that you you have learnt from listening to other stories on this podcast. What would you say was something that sticks in your mind as a learning that you've gained so far there was somebody on here and they were just kind of like find who you are don't let it define who you are and I really do think about that a lot yeah it's such an important one isn't it I think growing up with toxic parents of all types we do feel like it's part of us and it really is so important to understand we can actually put that aside and step out as our own beautiful, incredible selves because that doesn't define us. And so that's such an important learning. So what do you want for yourself in the future, Regan? What do you want your life to be? I want to accomplish my dream job and finish school and have a family and have little kids who do not have to go through what I did. I want to give my future children the childhood that I didn't get to have. Yeah. And yeah. I hope that one day me and my mom will be perfect and close and she can zip up my dress on my wedding day. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Regan, you are so incredibly strong. You've been through a lot and you lost that sort of innocence that children have because of everything that you had to deal with so many things have been taken away from you your mom wasn't the mother that you really deserve and yet I just feel that you are at such a young age you're talking about forgiveness and healing and wanting to help others to heal as well it shows that you're a truly beautiful soul and a healer and honestly your mom I feel like she's really missing out on something incredible by and your grandmother too, by not being able to 
connect in and that's really their loss, right? Because they just don't seem to be able to do that. So all I can say is just keep being you because you have the power to create that beautiful life. And I wish you so much luck with that. There is one thing you had asked me about advice for other people. And one thing I always like to think, and I go to church and I heard this in church one time and it said, you're struggling now, but your testimony is somebody else's survival guide. And 100% true because I have met so many people who had it so much harder than I did. And I look at those people and I'm like, I, I could have been through that. And it's one of those things to just be thankful for that you could always be somewhere else. Yes. Yes. Beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Regan. You're welcome. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.